Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to the Conversation with Two Geeks, a podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. So we'll be talking about everything from the stuff that we technically missed last week or two weeks ago, kind of just last week, um, to our thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and so much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email with anything from this episode, or one of our previous episodes or our conversation with two geeks at gml.com. And we are currently working on getting um social media platforms up or two other social media platforms. Yeah, um, we're 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 kind of around we're around at the moment because of uh Twitter. Yeah, so we ha- I do have a few. I was checking them earlier. I gotta add them into our little thing. But if you go onto our Twitter, you'll be able to find the links to that mm-hmm. if you want them right now. Definitely, definitely. Oh. And also, you can find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Google Podcasts, and the podcast we listen to. So, we kind of took a break last week, mainly because, well, A, I was sick, but also B, uh, the holidays happened. Mm-hmm. So, it, so yeah, so we're kind of playing a little bit of catch up here. Um, but anyways, uh, but, but besides being sick, how was your day? How was your day still, Jamie? Uh, it was good. Um, just hung out at home, didn't have to, um, got to relax um, and stuff, and I helped make some food for Thanksgiving, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Overall, it was good. Cool beans, cool beans. So, yeah. Um, I had a lot of food. I had a lot of pie, especially for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. And stuff. So that was nice. Uh, that was nice. And yep, 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 yep. But yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. Just also, I won't lie. There was so much stuff that Within the last few hours before we're recording, there was so much stuff that dropped. Yeah, we kind of had to add a couple of things uh, to the show notes because we had two kind of big trailers drop uh, to this today. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about those in a second because um, yeah, the big huge item that we kind of that we had to miss last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's. <laughs> happen but um <laughs> yeah but, well let's get, let's get into our first topic shall we sounds good let's right. go so uh, according to variety bob Iger has replaced bob chapik as disney ceo in a shocking tournament for the world's largest media company that has been in turmoil ever since Iger stepped down as ceo in february of 2020 the shakeup that caused the industry the entertainment industry and wall street by mostly by surprise was confirmed uh, by disney's board directors late sunday yeah, late Sunday evening. Uh, there had been rumbling about a shakeup in the uh, seats in the C-suite, but the prospect of hiring or returning to the CEO job still seemed far-fetched. When the news dropped, the first reaction was skepticism, uh, with a number of Disney top leaders attending a pre-show reception at Dodger Stadium for Elton John's farewell show. Other Disney and ABC executives were at uh, the Microsoft Theater in Hollywood for ABC's live telecast of the American Music Awards, with all of them leaving upon receiving this email about the news. Uh, Chapik's outsuit uh, comes at off, comes on the heels of a third quarter earnings report that spooked Wall Street as spending on content and marketing for Disney's direct-to-consumer platforms hit a projected peak of $1.5 billion in the in fiscal year of 2022. Uh, in addition, Chepik fest, 
face unprecedented times at CCC, such as the shutdown of the parks, the movie series due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the high-profile fight with Scarlett Johansson in uh, CAA, which is a creative arts agency, I believe the name is, um, over Disney's decision to send her feature film Black Widow to Disney+, Plus, which shot the creative community, community and his, or lack there, thereof, uh, response to Flores Don't Say Gay Bill, which angered many cast members who worked at the Disney parks. But before he was replaced, Chapik actually renewed his contract for three years in June with him, but this was all before he was replaced, with him set to receive a severance package of $23 million, but also an NDA. Yeah. Uh, Susan Arnold, chairman of Disney's board of directors, said in the statement, We thank Bob Chepek for his service to Disney over his long career, including navigating the company through, un- through the unprecedented challenges of the pandemic. The board has concluded that as, a Disney, as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely seated to lead the company through this pivotal period. As for Iger himself, he sent out a memo saying all set, as well as a statement to the press saying, I am extremely optimistic for the future of this great company and thrilled to be asked by the board to return as its CEO. Disney and its incomparable brands and franchise hold a special place in the hearts of so many around the globe, uh, most specifically, especially in the hearts of our employees whose dedication to this company and its mission is an inspiration. I am deeply honored to be asked to again lead this remarkable team with a clear mission focused on creative excellence and to inspire generations through unrivaled bold storytelling. So that's the first big huge thing that we kind of missed. This is the second one. Um, moving over to one of the subsidiaries of Disney, Marvel Studios, um, specifically Blade. According to Deadline, Jan Demange, best known for films such as um, 71, as well as directing the pilot for Lovecraft Country, and just the pilot, folks, and she only directed, I believe, just the first episode, has signed on to direct Blade for Marvel Studios with uh, When They See Us, scribe uh, Michael Strawberry, uh, to write a new script. According to the article, after Tariq um, moved on from the project, Marvel decided not to rush on finding his replacement as they wanted to make sure they got the right director and writer and decided to press pause on pre- pre-production with the film now battling out on September 6, uh, 2024, with Insider saying that Marvel is looking to go with a darker tone on this than other MCU projects have been in the past. So let's talk about the first one for a second. Uh, holy fuck. Yeah, that was it kind of dropped, I believe it dropped like late in the day too. Yeah, it dropped like in the evening. Yeah, so I just remember going on uh, TikTok and seeing a bunch of people doing lives and talking about it, and it's just um, it's pretty. It's interesting. Um, it's nuts. It is. It's it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with the "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida with the theme parks big one of their biggest theme parks in florida there and stuff like that because i believe he Iger said that he is not he's not going to really comment too much on it mm-hmm. at the moment if i remember his statement correctly i read an article yeah no i remember when he like i think what happened when that when that thing was like first proposed and stuff and then fully passed um he actually came out before against it and stuff Right. And against it before Chapek did. And that's why people, I think, were a bit pissed. Mm, okay. 
because like it's like the former CEO. It seems like the former CEO has her back to like the current CEO. Yeah. And yeah, no, and like I remember, like I was, I think I was on a Twitter. I think I was on a Twitter circle actually with some folks, and they were all shot, including a Disney um someone that actually worked in the executives department. Yeah. And they were shocked as well. Like this was not um like this was a board as I think someone mentioned this. This this was a board director's decision. This wasn't a shareholder decision. And normally, if it's something like this, then it probably would have honestly been a Monday morning thing. But yeah. it came on Sunday night, and again, it just—it was kind of wild because it just like it dropped, kind of out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it makes like. Disney has made some interesting decisions with when Chapek was CEO. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see um what Iger decides to do moving forward and how mm -hmm. if things kind of go back to how they were going um when he was CEO those mm -hmm. few years ago and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and I definitely know that one of the big huge things I think one of the first things he's gonna do is um is like remove the middle management that was kind of brought upon with Chapik mm -hmm. and give like the like internal decisions back to the creatives. Probably more than likely. So, that makes sense. Which is good. Uh, that, yeah. that should have not been there in the beginning, but there's that. With with like um with them bringing up like the Scarlett Johansson Black Widow lawsuit mm -hmm. that whole situation. I wonder how that would have been handled if Iger was uh in charge during that era. I wonder if he would have just let it stay in theaters for that amount of time it should have he probably would have I, um, it would it's interesting to think it, about like what would have changed it, it's definitely a very interesting episode of what if mm -hmm. and so for so sure. like but like i like i imagine he probably would have came up with some negotiation i think probably either probably. during lockdown and stuff and like trying to like figure out figure out stuff so yeah so I, I imagine that there probably would have been something before it came to that point. Yeah, for sure. Because he seems like the types that's like willing to work with like he's willing to sit down and work with like, you know, directors, actors, etc. And be like, okay, so how do we want to do this? And that's kind of what you need in general because you just need somebody who they have their ideas, but they're also willing to work and negotiate and be flexible when situations like that do happen. Mm -hmm. and, and to make things work because mm -hmm. i think with the whole handling of that situation beforehand i feel like it was just kind of like uh like they the whole creative team behind black widow and everything didn't really get a say into what was happening just mm -hmm. kind of happened mm -hmm. so and i'm sure that was part of it so it's just it's interesting it'll be interesting moving forward um he's only been in back in power for like a week week and a half now so mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see what happens it'll, it'll be interesting yeah no, definitely and uh moving on to blade real quick um so it seems like we finally got director mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um now i'll be honest the only thing i really have seen of this director is the pilot to lovecraft country mm -hmm. and i thought that pilot um i i'll be honest when it came to that show i i sort of dropped off around episode two not because i didn't like it or anything it just was like I, I don't. Hmm, how, how should I put this? Was it heavy? It was a bit heavy, especially when when it first like aired. It was during lockdown and also during other things that might have been happening in the country. 
Yeah. And stuff. So like I I just I that and like Umbrella Academy season two, I had to like completely <clears throat> drop, even though I was like really big fans and like really wanted to watch it and stuff. No, yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I, I did I dug what he did with the pilot for that and stuff. And I'm very curious to see. And for those that don't know when they see us, that's a that's also another uh very heavy show on Netflix, uh directed by Ava DuVernay. And I who yeah. I recommend it, but it's also like one of those like uh watching your yeah. So yeah, no. Um but yeah, no, I like this team. And also like it does seem like but me thinks uh, they might be going R-rated. Probably. I mean, it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know very much about Blade, but if he's, like, a vampire hunter or whatever, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense to go in the darker and, like, mm-hmm. stronger direction. So Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I would not be surprised if Mahersha Ali was, like, had final say on, on these guys. Probably, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to another big huge Marvel thing, and this is the one that we, do, y'all, we had to put in some. This is one of like four trailers to, for this show that, like, for this episode that, like, we had to like put in. Well, actually, no, two of these we had to put in the last minute. Yep. yep. They, yeah, and this one literally just dropped like an hour, at, no less than like an hour after we record. Yeah, literally, and, I think it dropped. Yeah, I think you were at like an hour ago. Yeah. Anyway, so that and that is Guardians of the Gas of the Galaxy, Volume Three. As synopsis reads, in Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, our beloved band of misfits are looking a bit different these days. Peter Quill still reeling from the loss of Gamora must rally his team around him to defend the universe, along with protecting one of their own—a mission that, if not complete successfully, could quite. Put- possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Written and directed by James Gunn, the film stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel as Groot, Bradley Cooper as the voice of Rocket, um, Palm Clementif, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Karen Gillian, Elizabeth Becky, uh, Ch- Chudwick I- Iwija. Um, I think so. Chudwick Iwija, uh, Will Poulter, and Maria Baklanova as the voice of Kozel. The film is set for release on May 3rd, 2023. <laughs> I am very concerned for Rocket. I am as well. Yeah. Like, we're going to get his backstory. Whenever you get a character backstory, it's ne- like, that's makes mm-hmm. me a little bit nervous. Like, I'm excited, but I'm also like, this is, what does this mean? <laughs> like, no. So it's good, yeah, and just like, yeah, and there seems to be some very emotional moments and stuff in this trailer. It was really good. Yeah, no, I I think Drax and Rocket aren't going to make it. Really? Because there's like a moment in the trailer where like Drax is like this like hole. I didn't catch that, and I watched this trailer like two times. I need to. Yeah, I don't remember that. I just just like if it was in one of those flashing parts, and I did not catch it. It was kind of in a flashing part, but I oh yeah, I I I think some folks are going to make it. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready. I. I... God damn you, James Gunn. Yeah, I know it's going to be a lot. Uh, first, you, I, I feel like he gives us something happy with the holiday special, which we'll talk about later, and then something just sad. Yeah. Just, uh, why? <laughs> why do you have to treat us this way? 
I know, I know, I know. Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm excited for this one. Um, anyway, and here's the second trailer that we had to put in. Uh, we got an official teaser trailer to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, this reads, in 1969, American archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford, lives against the backdrop of the space race. Uh, Jones has started to feel doubts uh, when the U.S. government recruited uh, former World War II enemies in desperation to beat the Soviet Union and out in the competition. Uh, by the way, this actually happened. It's up. It's Operation Paperclip. Uh, search it up. Uh, his goddaughter, Helena, played by a Phoebe Waller-Bridge, accompany him on the journey. Meanwhile, Voller, played by Matt Mickelson, a NASA member and ex-Nazi involved with the moon landing program, wishes to rectify the world into a better place that he sees fit. In addition to four Waller-Bridge and Mickelson, uh, the film stars John, D- John Rice Davies as Solomon. <laughs> Uh, Boyd Holbrook and Toby Jones, among others. The film is directed by Logan director uh, Jane Mangle and is set for release on June 30th. I, oh, I, okay, a little bit of context. I was actually out eating lunch with a friend and stuff when this trailer dropped, and I was like, and I immediately just lost my shit. No, it looks really good. Just, it really does. Like, Indiana Jones is like one of my favorite franchises. And I'm so surprised that it took a very long time to get a to get a fourth one off the ground. I know it's been a long time. The trailer looks really, really good. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and just although I love that bit at the end where he's like, he starts he, after he takes like the bullwhip and stuff, and like everyone just brings out their guns, and then he it's like, oh, scoop. yeah, and then he just ducks down and I said, what you need? That is just pure Andy, and I it just, was very cool. I just yeah, I'm I'm super excited, but yeah. Also, like him also like on a horse, by the way, it gives me true lies vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So yeah. Yeah, no, I'm oh my god, I can't believe this movie. <laughs> Anyways, uh moving on to our next trailer, our next trailer. And this also dropped today, but this dropped way earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So do that. Uh, we got an official teaser trailer to Transformers Rise of the Beast. This is also reads, returning to the action spectacle that have captured moviegoers around the world. Transformers Rise of the Beast will take audiences on a 90s globetrotting adventure with the Autobots and introduce a whole new breed of Transformer, the Maximals, to the existing battle on Earth between Autobots and Decepticons. Directed by Creed 2 director uh, Stephen Cappell Jr. and starring in the Heights star Anthony Ramos, Sammy Fishback, Toby Nguyen, uh, Peter Collett as the voice of Optimus Prime, Ron Perlman as the voice of Optimus Prime, Perrin Deeklid, Michelle Yeoh as the voice of Arizona, Zora, Alicia, uh, Liza Koshi, uh, John DiMaggio, David uh, so- uh, Sopolofa, I believe that, that's how you pronounce it, um, uh, Michaela J. Rodriguez, uh, Pete Davidson as the voice of Mirage, and Ted Lasso, sorry, Christoph Fernandez, aka my boy Danny Rehoops. Uh, the film is set for release on June 9th, 2023. So, not gonna lie, this was kind of a dope trailer. It actually. It looked pretty cool. I wish we would have gotten more of the human characters, like a little bit. We didn't mm-hmm. get very much of them, but it was still really cool. Like the action, and they all looked pretty cool. Yeah. So it should be interesting. Especially in that beautiful G1 glory. I know. Just. just, just I, I still remember the first Transformers and how much everybody was freaking out about Bumblebee. I still remember that. Yeah. Yeah, no, and like I, I've gotten used to him as a Camaro at this point, but like, 
it's still like just a nice, but also just optimism that G1 here, glory. I also may work, um, I won't say where for privacy reasons, but like I may have worked near a place where they were doing pickup shots and oh. I saw Optimus Prime's uh, G1 vehicle form in person. It was That's glorious. Cool. That's very cool. Very, very, very cool. And so, so yeah, no, so I'm I'm in the back for this. Also, just I yeah no, and also I just like that last shot just 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 looked dope. I'm I'm just this train looks dope. It looks good. It really does. It's weird. It looks really good. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic for the day: an exclusive variety. All, all 23 categories will be aired during the Oscars 2023 telecast. This is following last year's telecast, where eight categories were cut from the main telecast, including Best Original Score, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Documentary Short, Best Film Editing, Best Production Design, Best Animated Short, Best Live Action Short, and Best Sound, pissing everybody off in the entertainment industry, including um, me a little bit. Actually, no, a lot of it. I take that back. <laughs> in a statement, uh, the CEO of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Art, and Sciences, Bill Kramer, said, uh, we are committed to having a show that celebrates the artisans, the arts, and sciences, and the collaborative nature of movie making. That is what that is very much what the mission of the Academy is. And I'm very I am very hopeful that we could do a show that celebrates all components of movie making in an entertaining and engaging way. The 95th Oscars is set to be aired on ABC on March 12, 2023. Um good. Mm-hmm. Good. Makes so, sense. Because um, yeah, no, no one gets excluded. Yeah, no, that's good. It's very good. No exclusions. Because when you're making a film, or basically making either, or be a TV show or a movie, everything has to come together. Like mm-hmm. it, it involves. It, it's not just. And this is why I kind of fucking hate a tour theory, um, which is basically like the director is like king of everything and stuff, which I find just bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes. You know how they say it's like it takes the village to raise a child. Yep. Yep. It takes the crew to make a movie. Yep. And so I'm I'm finally happy that they're reversing on that decision because not gonna lie, last year it really pissed me off. Yeah. And so so yeah, no. Just yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our second last topic. And this is another trailer, folks. <laughs> Although again, like Transformers, this one was already kind of posted on we were always going to talk about this one mm-hmm. uh, anyways uh we got an official trailer for the super mario Bros. movie assassin's reads from nintendo illumination comes and a new animated film based on the world of super mario brothers film started the voices of chris pratt as mario and taylor joy as princess peach charlie day as luigi jack black as Bra- as bowser uh keegan michael key as toad seth rogan as donkey Kong, from armistice as cranky con kevin michael richardson as kimmick and uh sebastian mascalato as spike uh the film is directed by aaron Horvath and Michael Jelenic, uh, collaborators on Teen Titans Teen, and Teen Titans Go to the Movies, and written by Matthew Vogel, uh, who wrote The Lego Movie 2, The Second Part, and Minions, uh, The Rise of Groot. The film is set to be released on April 7, 2023. I still have very mixed feelings about this one. Like, I'm excited, but I still just am very mixed. Um, but at the same time, the more and more we see, the more I'm like, okay, I, I can get behind this. Also, that last bit where Mario's like, woohoo! His little woohoo when they're on Rainbow Road in Mario Kart was actually not bad at mm-hmm. all. So, 
I, I, I'm kind of with you. The more I see, the more I'm kind of like, okay, it looks good. Um, so I'm still kind of hesitant, but I, I don't know. The more I see, the more I'm kind of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, should be, should be interesting. Yeah, no, and I definitely, I, I would not be surprised if Nintendo is looking over at Lumination's back, being like, "You are not gonna fuck this up." Yeah, probably for sure. Because, uh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on to actually our last topic of the day, and this does contain some rumor mill stuff, stuff folks. So uh, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, according to this site, the Cosmic Circus, the villain for Age of Ultron, for Avengers: Age of Ultron, the AI uh, Ultron created by Tony Stark. Might be making a return in the MCU, as according to the article, um, the Ultron AI was not destroyed in the wake of Avengers Age of Ultron, and remnants of the Ultron AI are still active, but dormant. Now, which upcoming MCU project um, will Ultron return in is unknown, but the one lead that we have actually leads us to another antagonist for us. An exclusive from the Cosmic Circus uh, reports that the Department of Damage Control, the uh, DODC, who overappeared in Spider-Man Homecoming and No Way Home, is Marvel, and She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, respectively, have a much more significant role in the upcoming Armor Wars film, uh, with that film set to explore what happens when Tony Stark's technology falls into the wrong hands. And if you don't remember No Way Home, they have uh, taken possession of most, Stark, of most Stark tech, including the drone from Spider-Man Far From Home, access to Edith, access to the entire global uh, Stark Global Security Network, including multiple defense ne- uh, satellites, uh, and access to all major communications networks, granting the, granting the user uh, hacking capabilities to any target's personal information, and an Ultron head! So yeah, mm. Ultron might be our big bad for Armor Wars. Yeah, I mean, this kind of makes sense. Um, I also know that Ultron was a much bigger character in the comics mm-hmm. than he has been in the movies. And I know people were a little bit bummed out about how he was used in old um Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um it will be interesting if this is how he ends up coming back, like in that perspective and then um who ends up fighting him and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff and whatnot. So yeah, I mean it makes sense to me if this is what ends up happening. So yeah, no, definitely. And I'm definitely with you because um yeah, I could see this I could see this potentially him being the big bad and stuff and like and also given the fact that like Rhodey's supposed to be leading this. Yeah. So I imagine that there'd be some very, very frank conversations about um about uh yeah, uh, yeah, about Tony and stuff and how much he kind of kept his stuff secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be it'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. Um, anyways, that leads us actually into our recommendations for the week. And uh, let me just say there's a lot. Um, so uh let's talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I thought it was delightful. Gun and Company gave us a nice reintroduction to the guards and why we love them in the first place. I love Mantis in this one, him and uh her, actually. And Dave Bautista just have amazing chemistry. Also, Kevin Bacon was so hilarious as himself. And it was nice to hear Maria Bakanova as a voice of Cosmo. The music was also great as well. Um, yeah, no, I just like I felt like this was a nice reintroduction slash Christmas special, and just it was just so fucking funny and stuff. And I just like I had a good time with this. Uh, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I agree. I think it was really fun. It was really good. It was a good reintroduction. To everything especially with um the new guardians movie coming out nice little refresher mm-hmm. um and stuff and yeah i thought it was good 
Mm-hmm. Especially also with like Mantis revealing that she is essentially Peter's sister. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah. See how that plays out more. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um. Anyway, moving on to another thing that I saw, and surprisingly enough, this as well as one other thing down the line are actually going to be Netflix properties. Um. I saw Netflix, Netflix, and Gamal del Toro's Pinocchio of the Year, and my God, was it great! So for those unfamiliar with the premise, it's you know Pinocchio, but it's a say like the 1800s. It's set during Mussolini's Italy, which was during World War II. Uh, with the help of screenwriter Matthew Robbins, who wrote the story, and over the garden wall creator uh, Patrick McHale, who wrote the screenplay with uh, Del Toro. Uh, Del Toro and co-director um, Mark Gustafsson uh, uh, crafted a unique tale on the iconic story book, paying homage to it, as well as fitting it within the director's wheelhouse. The stop-motion animation was filled with such motion and dynamity that it almost was like action, in addition each figurine, sets of performances contain an, ama- an insane amount of detail and precision. Um, and then, in addition, the performances all around were great. One of the standouts being uh, Gregory, Ma- uh, Gregory Mann, uh, who voices the uh, titular character, presenting a wide range of emotion and chemistry. Along with Mann, E. McGregor gave a layered, if not relatable, and sometimes hilarious performance as Sebastian J. Cricket. <laughs> Throughout out the cast, uh, David Bradley was great as the voice of Geppetto with Christoph Waltz, Ron Perlman, uh, Till Swinton, Kate Manchette, and Finn Wolfhart. Um, just to name a few, um, they were great in their respective roles. Also, Alexander Desplat's score was sweet, delightful, melancholy, all at the same time. Overall, Gabriel del Toro's Pinocchio was a charming, if, if not unique, take on the material, with the performances, animation, score, and script from... Um, Toro, Robinson, Kale, Fire and All Cylinders. Definitely recommend checking out this one, folks. Anyways, on to my second recommendation. Uh, actually, yeah, on to my second recommendation for the day. Uh, so I watched Blood Relatives over Shudder, and it was a lot of fun. For those unfamiliar, the film is uh, the writer and director debut of Noah Seekett, who you might remember as just like that guy from um, in all of, from those Ryan Johnson movies. Anyways, uh, Segan plays a vampire named Francis who discovers that he um, that he has a half-vampire, half-human daughter named Jane, played by Victoria Morales, uh, Morales uh, who, by the way, is freaking Hayden from Teen Wolf. And um, Marisol from your favorite show, Jamie, The Wilds. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was trying to remember who Hayden was. I was like, I don't know why I blanked on that name. That means okay. Yeah, interesting. And, yeah, and wacky hijinks ensure. Uh, for the first time out, Seagan and company managed to balance out the horror with a ton of wit and heart, uh, complete with a let us, uh, like let's take the road, uh, let the road take us sort of quality from cinematographer Andrew Scott Bayard, uh, displaying a twilight view of the night. This is complimented. By uh, composer and Andre uh, Bradry, uh, old skill jazz rock like score. In addition, uh, Sagan ha- has um, fantastic chemistry with Morales, who speak of is just great at managing to ground the film while uh, reveling in it like, alongside uh, Sagan. Overall, Blood Relatives was a funny, nice, and witty dictatorial debut for Sagan, who, along with uh, Mor- uh, Morales, uh, makes the film into a fun ride from beginning to end. Definitely recommend checking this one out, folks. Cool. And then uh, my last recommendation for the week 
so I have seen Knives Out 2, or rather its official title, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery in Theaters. And it was great. Uh, Ryan, uh, writer slash director Ryan Johnson and company knocked out the park. Uh, crafting an intriguing and exciting murder mystery filled with twists and turns. Uh, in addition, the cast is led by a delightful Daniel Craig as Detective Benoit Blanc, uh, with who's amazing, and one of the sounds being Janelle Monet, who gave an electric performance. Also, production designer Rick Hendricks and returning costume designer Jimmy Egan uh, also deserve some praise as the set and costume work. With, um, which was done through the lens of cinematographer Steve Yedlin, uh, rivals the work done in the previous film as well as stuff like The Last Jedi. Uh, overall, Glass Eye Knives Out Mystery was another great entry into the Knives Out franchise with everyone from Johnson to the cast to Yedlin, Egan, and Hendrix Shiskillian. I uh, definitely recommend checking out this one out on Christmas Day, folks. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, I'm pretty new. So, uh, do you have any recommendations for us before uh, you close? We close out for the evening. Um, no, I've just been watching um Andor on uh on Disney Plus. Ooh, I'm liking it so far. It's definitely mm-hmm. slower, but I am enjoying it a lot. Mm. I think it's good. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that that show is, it has no right to be that good, but it is. Yeah. So so yeah, no that that's definitely something. But yeah. Anyways, I believe that does it for our for our episode this week. Yep, so feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And also, if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, okay. we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. All right. Anyways, take care, folks. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.